0: Hey everybody, this is a new series of episodes here at Keep Talking that I'm calling Sensitive Subjects. I wanted to do this because we live in a time where we are often afraid to speak our minds on certain issues, but I think it's important to do so. Now, in these episodes, I'll be expressing my opinion on the subject at hand, and my opinions don't necessarily reflect the opinion of Keep Talking as an organization. I'm not an expert on most of these subjects, but I am doing enough basic research before recording. To have gained enough knowledge about the topic to have an opinion that I think is worth sharing. All right. I hope you enjoy. Well, hello, everyone. The nice thing about this episode is that I don't even really have to worry about what I say and whether or not it's going to get that learn more about COVID-19 blue thing that pops up on some podcast episodes and has popped up on a few Keep Talking episodes when I've mentioned covid because we know it's going to get it in this one it's all in the title all right so nothing to worry about i just get to speak freely now that we know i'm already going to get tagged for it okay so obviously we're talking about covid 19 some of the conspiracy theories around it um and so well uh let me just say first that i'm recording this episode i'm recording it on march 18th 2023 okay it's probably gonna when is it going to be released it's going to be three weeks. Yeah, I'm about three weeks ahead right now recording episodes. It's going to publish on April the 8th, if I'm not mistaken, um, with our, yeah, Sensitive Subjects Saturday series. Okay, so it's going to release on April 8th, 2023, I believe, but I'm recording it on March 18th, 2023. So basically, we're we're like exactly three years now into COVID, into the pandemic, at least here in the U.S. March 2020 was, you know, basically right when we started shutting down here in the U.S. and life drastically changed forever. Um, now in this episode, I've got, I mean, there's a lot to cover, a lot of little subtopics here. I'm going to go pretty fast. Obviously I'm not going to go through into that much detail on all of this stuff that I'm going to talk about, uh, cause it would be like a 14 hour episode, but, um, I'm going to be going, you know, I'm going to be speaking pretty quickly and the order of topics that I'm going to kind of talk about is number one, like my approach to how I analyze COVID and the pandemic, um, and just kind of my general opinions on it. Like I'll, you know, state what my kind of opinions are on everything at the beginning, and then also kind of come back to it at the end. Then I'm going to kind of talk about, okay, you know, like, and and this is, you know, pure speculation, obviously, because who actually knows, but like, you know, where did the virus come from? You know, maybe some conspiracy theories related to that. Um, well, quote unquote, conspiracy theories. Um, you know, uh, testing and prevention measures for COVID. I'm going to dive into some you know statistics on it, which I think are important to go over. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about like the the political divide, particularly in the United States. I'm going to talk about the media's coverage of COVID. I'm gonna talk about vaccines, vaccines, vaccines. I'm going to talk then just in general about some more conspiracy theories surrounding it. I really I didn't even get into like the variants, you know, of COVID. I mean, there's there's just there's so much to cover, but I wanted to give a you know a general overview view of my view on COVID, the pandemic, now that we've been doing this for three years. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, um, like I said, I think that the the key thing to understand is this is, you know, I, I take kind of a statistical analytical approach when I'm looking at this, and it's probably going to seem like a non-empathetic approach. Um, that's not what this is about. This, this episode is not about me, you know, out here saying, um, you know, I feel so bad for all the families who have lost loved ones and things like that. That's, um, you know, there's a place for that. That's not what this episode is about. This episode is about analyzing this pandemic. Um, and I know that some people might say, oh, easy for you to say, Sean, you know, you're a healthy person. COVID probably didn't or wouldn't affect you as much. You know, you only, I also only knew one person really who, um, you know, died from COVID, only one person personally that I knew. Anyway, um and you're probably already getting a little bit of my overall view on um, on COVID, which is you know, kind of. My view is still that I think it was overblown the response to it, um, and I'll kind of explain why here. Now, at the beginning, particularly by like you know, May or June of 2020, I was I was really getting upset. I was really getting upset at the measures that had been put into place, just because um, for myself and for the you know the people that I was living with at that time, uh, the lockdown measures were much, much, much greater of a threat, I thought, to us than the actual virus itself. And I also started, just based on the way that the information that I was getting about COVID and the way that I was uh, studying it, uh, you know, just kind of statistically, it didn't add up to me. Like, the response did not make sense, you know, shutting down the... Uh, you know, the, just kind of shutting down. I mean, shutting down the world is a strong word, but severely restricting what we can do. You know, lockdowns, kids not going to school for a while, people not being able to leave uh, their homes except in certain situations, uh, you know, people not being able to work, things like that. Obviously, the masking and everything, which the masking wasn't really that big of a deal. I just don't think it really worked that well, um, which I'll get back into here in a few minutes. But like, essentially, for me, the response just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense based on what appeared to be a very very low death rate and like a not very dangerous virus overall that was kind of my you know I was I had a very strong stance about that at the beginning and I also kind of got into that echo chamber you know in an echo chamber just being we live in this world where you know and a lot of it was podcasts you know the podcast I was listening to at the time were reinforcing my beliefs that you know what this is not that big of a deal we should not be panicking about this we should still be living our lives almost as normally as possible and then I also got into the echo chamber on some, you know, conspiracy theories, some of the the real hardcore conspiracies, you know, people like Alex Jones and David Icke, who I'll talk about towards the end, who I really don't like to listen too much at this point. Um, anyway, I'll explain more about them at the end. But, and you know, at this point now, now that we're three years in, I mean, I've gone back and forth a little bit over the past couple of years, I'm certainly not... Uh, uh, Like a hardcore COVID conspiracy theorist I'm not like a denier of the That the virus, uh, you know, exists And, and, um has unfortunately killed a lot of people and caused a lot of other um, issues. I am still one, though, that I, th- I think the response was overblown to it. Um, and just full disclosure, I've I've received two vaccines, so I got. I'm not going to get any more. I didn't get any boosters. Um, I caved, is the way that some people would say it, because this was you know 2021 here in the U.S. when the Pfizer and Moderna campaigns were were hot and, and you know they were kind of almost forcing a lot of people depending on their jobs to either get vaccinated or lose their jobs and in it was April was it April I think it was the beginning of April and end of April. 2021. I got both shots of the Moderna vaccine um, and had some nasty side effects after that second one, I will say. Um, But anyway, and, uh, you know, I originally was planning not to get a vaccine at all, but then I'm just like, you know what? All right, I'm going to do it, whatever. Stick me with the thing. Let's move on with life. You know, I'll be able to keep doing the job that I'm doing right now. I'll be able to travel, uh, whatever. Let's move on with it. And really, that's kind of all that's happened. I'm not going to I'm not one of those people that, like, makes a huge deal about, like, the vaccine either, you know, I know some people who will really talk about all the terrible vaccine side effects, um, you know, and which I'll get into that a little bit at the end, including the VAERS report, which is the vaccine adverse event reporting system. It's been a while since I've actually looked statistically into data at that. I used to check it quite frequently, the VAERS report, um, particularly throughout 2021, which was kind of the, you know, the heavy year of vaccine promotion here in the U.S. Um, Anyway, Long story short, I've I've received the first two doses of the Moderna vaccine. I don't plan on getting any booster. Um, I haven't got a booster. I kind of regret getting the vaccine, to be honest, but I did it. That's what happened. Okay. So, um, like to go back to the beginning like where like where do i think the virus came from see this is the thing and like any anybody who <laughs> i feel like the people who actually know where the virus came from the few people who truly know are probably dead at this point and i really don't think i'm going to fully believe any like intelligence inquiry or investigation you know whether it's from the the CIA the the chinese intelligence or you know the, whoever the heck is going to you know provide this information i don't know if i'm going to like fully believe it either way i mean the way i see it at this point you have kind of three main theories about where covid came from was it you know the the wet market in wuhan china um you know essentially a natural type thing um you know from nature was it um a lab leak see with the lab leak theory there's kind of two things some people believe it was intentionally created like a bio weapon in the lab. Other people think it was an accident and it just leaked from the lab and the gain of function research theory or, you know, or whatever. Um, so, and then, you know, there's some other maybe theories too, but I feel like those have kind of been the three main things. Did it either occur naturally on accident? Did it occur in the lab on accident or did it occur in the lab intentionally? And I mean, if, if I like, if you were to put a gun to my head <laughs> and you were to be like, Hey, tell me where COVID came from and get it right. Otherwise you're dead. I would say it was an unintentional lab leak, okay? I think I think it probably came from the lab. That's my guess at this point. And I'm, I think it was unintentional, though. I do think afterwards that powerful people, both in the big pharma industries and kind of in, well, politics and lots of industries, took advantage of it but i don't think that this was like some coordinated intentional effort i just that there's a lot of conspiracy about that you know like did oh well you know big pharma bill gates fauci whoever else you know like they created this no the chinese created this no the deep state created this like you know somebody somebody planned this whole thing and some of them will go like way back they'd be like talking conspiracy theories about like yeah this is the rockefellers and the rothschilds families it's their whole plot since the God even knows like the you know the friin nineteenth century bankers have been setting this up to take over the world and population control and everything and turn us all into zombies with microchips and I'm like, wait 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 no <laughs> like it's just for this for something like this to like go so far back into history and to say <laughs> that like there's there's like lizard people or that there's these people that are oh God, what do they even call them the um God, what is the word that are, that are like kind of descendants of, not even descendants of, but like of like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and all these people from way back that are like, you know, this kind of cult. This is David Icke talking here. This cult that, that is trying to take over the world. I'm like, there's no way that this is passed on through like generations. Human beings, we just don't work like that. I mean, let's be real. As, as human beings, like 99% of us, even the most powerful people out there, let Jeffrey Epstein's island prove this. Even the most powerful people out there, we're thinking about the here and now. We're trying to figure out where we're going to get some love. We're going to get some sex. We're going to get some food. Okay, like we are. Human beings are not sitting here plotting for like, oh, what is my you know, uh, what are my descendants 170 years from now going to have taken control of. <laughs> Yeah, right. None of you listening, like maybe some of you listening to this are thinking about your children and your grandchildren, okay? But you're not thinking of like a plot to take over the world in 2000. 210 or something ridiculous. Like, give me a break. And I just don't believe that any of this stuff, you know, uh, any of these conspiracy theories that talk about how anything in the world goes back, like, that far, I, I just don't believe it. You know, they'll t- people will tell me, like, well, you know, the Chinese and the Chinese Communist Party have, like, a long view on things, you know? And I'm like, oh, come, give me a break. They're still thinking about the same stuff. They're basic dumb human beings just like me. Anyway, okay, so... <clears throat> My guess is it was an unintentional lab leak. Could be wrong, but that's what I would guess. Now, the statistical analysis here, okay? This is a thing that I wanted to address just because, like I said, I've tried to look at, at COVID very statistically um, and analytically rather than getting into the whole, like, you know, just the news cycle, you know, because obviously with the news, it's if it bleeds, it leads. And it's, that was especially true with COVID every day, you know, hearing about, oh, you know, more deaths, more of this, more, you know, uh, 7,000 deaths in COVID, from COVID in the U.S. today, whatever, monthly totals, blah, 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 blah. You know, I wanted to look at it as statistically as possible rather than just looking at the headlines because the headlines are designed on all subjects mostly to scare the shit out of us, okay? And it's funny. I just realized now that it's no longer a thing. Like, you don't just Google covid 19 stats and then like see the graphs so i suppose that's probably an improvement like for like the whole first year and a half at least i was doing like monthly checks on this like covid stats cases deaths vaccine rates whatever and like you would just google that and google has like a running tracker every day that's like the first thing that pops up you know and it was just probably not good um but it made it easy to like start calculating stuff um you know because i do in general trust the stats like the real conspiracy theorists out there will say well no you can't trust you can't trust google you can't trust the cdc you definitely can't trust the who and tedros the way like but uh, I, I do, in general, trust the stats. Now, some people, of course, will say, well, no, but COVID deaths are highly overreported because people who died of any other thing in the hospital, it was actually reported as a COVID death. The hospitals were incentivized. They got more money when people, you know, when the doctors reported it as a COVID death. And then other people on the other side will say, well, no, but actually they're underreported because there were so many people who died in third world countries who they didn't even label it. But in. So we don't know. Okay. We don't know. But I, in general, kind of go off the stats that I see on these websites and I guess the biggest the the stats that I was looking at at the beginning that kind of made me led me to believe well this is being overblown was number one the low death rate I mean I I think that at this point it's clear that the death rate seems to be under one percent I mean if you look okay Um, And that's actually not even the biggest thing. I'll come back to the biggest thing in a second. But like the the death rate, you know, right now. Okay, so apparently, as of March 16th, 20, this is March 16th, 2023, two days ago, stats, you know, in the three or a little over three years now since COVID started, there have been 6.8 million reported deaths worldwide from COVID. Okay, 760 million cases. Um, So, you know, that's a less than 1% death rate. Um, And and actually, only in the 65 plus year old age group is the death rate above 1%, according to the statistics. Now, I know the the stats are all hard and you you can believe what you want. But anyway, um, the, the bigger thing for me that I started looking at early on is it's like, okay, around the world per year, we have around 60 million deaths of all causes. Okay, 60 million deaths of all causes. You know, it it gradually goes up over time just because, you know, there are more births and there are more deaths. We have a growing population, okay? So, but around 60 million deaths um, per year around the world. Interestingly enough, there were 67 million apparently in 2022, which is a fairly big increase, which when you look at like why so much increase, people would take both sides and people might be like, oh, well, did COVID cause that many more or Oh well, did the vaccine cause that anymore? Or, oh well, did the did the side effects caused you know by the pandemic uh, by, by putting people out of work, harming economies, you know, making people putting people in poor health because they locked them up and made them wear masks? Did that co- like you know? Did other diseases then rise? The thing is, like at this point, we've reached a point in this pandemic where it almost kind of like it all depends on what side you started on. Whether or not you believed that it was, oh yes, this is a very real, well, real's the wrong word, but like this is a very serious, dangerous virus and we all need to protect ourselves or uh, this is not really that big a deal. I think the response is overblown. Like Whichever side you started on, probably all of the information you've gotten since the beginning because of the way the algorithms work and social media and just the media in general, you probably believe even more what you originally were believing just because the information you received since then has supported it i mean i had a friend who put it brilliantly a year or so ago he said it just seems like we're watching two different movies not me and him because me and him kind of agree on most of this but he said he has another friend who just disagreed with him on covid and he's like it's like we're watching two different movies just the information is totally different because of the role of the media because of the role of politics particularly here in the u.s which i'll come back to in a minute but anyway back to the point i was saying it's like okay you let's take the number 60 million deaths per year around the world that means over a three-year period you know we've had probably about 180 million deaths of all causes around the world 6.8 million deaths from covid okay which my math is correct just so like four percent or just under four percent of the worldwide of global deaths have been caused by covid um in the three years so out of all the deaths in the world COVID has caused, about four percent of them are just under four percent. It's a very underwhelming number when you consider how bad it's been, you know, reported to be. I mean, it's kind of it just kind of totally changed the world, particularly 2020 and 2021. And you know, those statistics, it's it's kind of been consistent. That was about the same thing if I remember looking at it like in in like the middle of 2021 as well. It's just it's still like in the US, for example. It is listed as anywhere between like the third and sixth leading cause of death. I mean, you still have like, I think is it heart attack, stroke, cancer, like up at the top. Um, so in the U.S., because the U.S. got hit harder compared to other countries, it's a higher cause. Um, and I'm not—I can't think of how, what percent of total deaths in the U.S. have been caused by COVID. It's—I think it's still under 10 percent. I don't know. Um, But globally, it's, you know, about 4% or just less of the deaths around the world from all causes are being caused by COVID. And that was kind of at the beginning when I started to see this trend and realized, like, whoa, okay. You know, they are totally changing the world for almost everybody, at least temporarily. And it didn't end up being that temporarily. It kind of lasted a while uh, with a lot of these lockdowns and restrictions. They're really changing the way we do life about this new virus that is... um, you know it's being made to seem as if it's like if it's you know the leading cause of death around the world right now and it's it's actually a very like percentage wise it's a, like if if you if you die on any given day around the world any random person there was a 1 in 25 chance it was from covid you know that's what it's been over the last 3 years it was it was a 24 out of 25 chance it was from any other cause and this like i said this has been like, basically, the the trend since the middle of 2020 when I started looking at this. And this is why I still maintain that the response was overblown and that we were made to feel so much fear. Because, like, when you throw out big numbers at people, like, you can throw out a number and say, like, 7,000 COVID deaths across the U.S., you know, over the last three days or something. I'm just making up numbers now. And people see a big number, they're like, whoa, and it's a big headline. Well, okay. I mean, like, what if they were going to put out numbers saying like seven thousand car accident deaths, or you know, however many it is. I mean, that's, that's probably. But, but, like, actually, the point is, is like, I believe auto accidents. I can't remember if this is like the U.S. or around the world. Like, it's about the same. You know, it's like auto accident deaths versus COVID deaths was like pretty equal. Like I said, I can't remember if this was a U.S. statistic. I think it was a U.S. statistic. Maybe it was a global statistic, but fact of the matter is, like, how much more scared would people be to get into their cars if every day on the front page of the news said, you know, 330 new car accident deaths in Minnesota over the past two weeks, you know, or something like that, um, which are legit statistics. Like I said, those I'm just making up right now, but, like, there's ton, there are tons of car accident deaths. Um, and theoretically, if they wanted, they could tell us, you know, due to all these car accident deaths, we're going to lock you in your homes, essentially, and driving is only essential people are allowed to drive. Like, they could do that. This is a tricky topic. This is a debate that I would have with friends back early on when I was really passionate about this, is I would say, hey, if, if, if the powers that be, and believe me, the powers that be, whoever they really are, they, they know this stuff, okay? The people who are making decisions at the top levels of government and around the world, like, they know the stuff. They, they're aware of the statistics that I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> they may not talk about them that much when they speak publicly, but they know this stuff. All right, and like if they really cared that much about saving lives from you know, needless ways to die, well, auto accidents is maybe the biggest one of those, okay? Now I get that we have to use transport and cars to go places, but you could significantly reduce it if you wanted to say, hey, only essential drivers out on the roads, just like only essential workers are allowed to go to work right now. Everyone else must stay home. Okay, that's what they said with COVID. So I don't know. I, I would. I mean, I would like to hear counter arguments to that. And by the way, I'm open. I mean, just just hit, like hit me up if you want to chat about this. You know, I'll even just freaking say my you know full name and phone number right now, Sean tummelson Okay, you could heck find me on Instagram, whatever. S E A N. Um, you know, T U M I L S O N. Like I said, my views don't represent the brand of keep talkings, but hit me up. Heck phone number 612-868-7241. You know, send me a text, even give me a call. I probably won't answer your call, but I do listen to voicemails. So send me a voice, leave me a voicemail and we could talk about this. But like, uh, this is, this is a topic that I would debate. Um, and this is kind of why I I did not like the response to me of shutting things down and restricting people's activities so much just didn't make much sense to me. And, you know, we could talk all day about I also didn't get into an analysis of like, well, this country did this, you know, well, China locked down hard right away. Well, Australia locked down hard. So did Canada. But Sweden stayed open. And then this happened. Florida versus California had totally <laughs> like I'm not even going to worry too much about that. OK, because uh, you can also kind of make the argument either way that you know oh yeah restricting things was good versus oh no restricting things was bad overall anyway um so that was kind of my little pitch on the stats about why i still feel the response was overblown and didn't add up um simply just because it's it's not that compared to all the things that you could die from covid is still like a a low cause comparatively compared to all the other ones um anyway uh so okay the testing i mean COVID testing. By the way, I've actually, I've never been tested. I've been vaccinated. I've never been tested for COVID. I'm pretty sure I had it maybe even twice in 2022. I got, it's funny. I was talking shit about COVID the whole time. And then when when it hit me, assuming it was COVID, it did hit me pretty bad. Like I was pretty sick for like, well, first it was like a week in May of 2022. And then I got it. I, I, something. Maybe it just lingered. I don't know. I got it again in June of 2022, and like it hit me for a week. And I was like, like sweating in my bed at night. I was still eating okay. Like I was still working out because that's what who I am. I work out every day. You know, I was taking it a little bit lighter, but like like it it was pretty bad for like a week i'm not gonna lie i had i remember like pretty bad you know fever the whole body aches you know uh, sore throat everything it just felt like like a really really bad flu so i think it was covid i don't know but but i've never been tested just because well i've never been forced to get tested and you know obviously i mean I, i work from home and i can do most of my stuff like without having to interact with other people much in person i mean the whole social distancing thing is another thing that i'll talk about in a second but um yeah, I've just never had any reason to get tested. Part of it is just this attitude of like, well... <laughs> Yeah, you, you can't test positive if you never get tested. <laughs> and like I just never wanted to test positive because I'm like, great. If I test positive, that means I'm gonna get rid re- you know, I'm gonna have to quarantine somehow for like two weeks or whatever, and it could restrict me in some certain way. Whereas for me, it's more like, all right, if you don't have any symptoms, once you're symptom free, go out and live your life. And I, I kind of feel like that's how we should have handled this from the beginning, you know, rather than testing the crap out of everyone, just be like, Hey, do you got symptoms of illness? Okay, well, then stay home. But if you don't have symptoms of illness, go live your life. I don't know. Um cuz I mean then there's the, you know, there's the testing we could talk about. The PCR test versus the, you know, the rapid antigen test. I mean, the the thing with the PCR test that I always heard about when I would listen. Now some of this comes from listening to like Joe Rogan podcasts and stuff when he would bring on um, you know, people like Peter McCullough and um god, what's the name was it? Robert. The guy who pretty much like invented the mRNA vaccine that then they wrote off as like a conspiracy theorist but um you know like Rogan's podcasts love him or hate him I mean the dude the dude has done some research uh you know and he became a very public figure in this whole topic over the past couple of years but the man is not some you know joe rogan is not some guy who has no knowledge of this he <laughs> in you know, in addition to the people that he talked to about it from all sides of the spectrum by the way because they brought on what was his name sanjay gupta the doctor from cnn um long story short like rogan's podcasts people can say oh yeah he's just you know some you know mma comedy guy who uh shouldn't be talking about covid but the man did some research and brought on some people who were like top of the cream of the crop in their fields on this. And anyway, I mean, so, you know, uh, and it was discussed on there and I kind of researched this after. Just like the way the testing was done, you know, when you have the PCR test, it depends on how you set the cycle threshold, whether or not somebody comes back positive. I mean, that's a whole tricky topic. So for me with the testing, I'm just like... I don't know if I, like, really trust a test anyway, Uh, you know, it seems like there could be a lot of false positives or false negatives, like, if I'm sick, I'll just do what I need to do to get better, and then whatever, but I don't know, I mean, and which which leads me into the, the thing about prevention measures, okay, so, like, you know, you had masks, you had social distancing and lockdowns, you have the vaccine now, I mean, for me, masks, I mean I'm not going to lie I wore it when it was required but like I I think it was mostly useless I mean for for me like if it's an okay an N95 mask sure probably better but like those regular like blue surgical masks or whatever you call them that we were all wearing especially since not all of us were wearing them even that well Like, I don't think that's stopping hardly anything. An N95 maybe, an N99, which is like a step above an N95 properly fitted, then, yeah, I'm sure that does stop transmission. Mm -hmm. Now, then the question becomes, and I've talked to breathing experts about this, the question becomes, okay, at what point is it bad for you to wear a mask, though, that can dysregulate the, the, you know, the pH of the blood just because it kind of, you know, messes with the oxygen, carbon dioxide exchange i mean i've heard different opinions on that as well like really i've, I've rabbit holed a lot of these topics and um uh i don't know but my theory is that we really shouldn't be wearing masks very much it's not natural for our breathing and breathing is extremely important for our health so you know wearing n95 or n99 briefly if you need to in a certain situation and then get it off that's my opinion um but, you know, the lockdowns, oh, God, and the social distancing. I mean, yeah, sure, if you stay away from people completely, you're not going to spread a virus. I'll agree with that. Now, keeping kids out of schools, I think, definitely had some detrimental effects. Um, I also think, I, I mean, in my opinion, the lockdowns probably did more harm than good. Probably. Um, tricky topic. But, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, the the vaccine, I mean, oof. It's <laughs> You know... The vaccine. This is another one. It's like, I think at this point. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna tell me that the vaccines in general are highly effective, I, I just have to respectfully disagree. Like, I would say maybe that the vaccines have some effect in preventing severe illness and death. Maybe, maybe. But even then, like, I feel like. Well, I feel like natural immunity, you know, if you've already had COVID, is probably stronger than the vaccine. Probably. I don't know. Once again, statistics are hard to come by. But, um, yeah. I mean, I I think at this point, you know, it's clear, especially here in the U.S., it's clear that the vaccines have not stopped the transmission. They may have slowed the death rate. It's funny because I know nurses who will argue both sides of this, too. They'll be like, you know, I, I have one friend who I got in, who's a nurse, who I got into some fairly fairly heated arguments with almost two years ago now, um, was telling me that no, you know, no, the vaccine is extremely effective at, you know, reducing transmission and death and like my argument at that point is like it's not reducing transmission at all but anyway i like i know medical professionals who will argue both sides of this topic as well about how effective the vaccine was and see here's the thing which takes me to my next topic like in the u.s this is a red versus blue thing now this is an urban versus rural thing this is it's all a political thing okay red versus blue meaning republican versus democrat and as you know i mean I now identify as more of a Republican than a Democrat on a lot of topics, okay? We had an abortion episode a few weeks ago where I said that I am now pro-life. What's interesting about this is actually a big part of the reason I have, I have become more Republican on a lot of topics actually began with COVID. It began with the pandemic when I saw the way that the mostly left-wing media was, was reacting to this topic. I'm not gonna say that I really like Fox. I mean, Fox News, which is basically the right-wing media, I mean, they're a bunch of idiots too. I consider them a little bit more like reasonable than CNN or MSNBC, um, but they're just a bunch of political knuckleheads as well. Um, With that being said, I I think that in general, um, I also saw, well, I don't know if I like to use the word like the left, but the Democratic Party just seemed to be not even open to discuss anything related to COVID, like that. No, you you must believe exactly what we say, and if you say anything against it, you are a conspiracy theorist, and you're a COVID denier, and you're a bad person, and you're dangerous. And um, really, kind of the media coverage and the the Democratic Party line related to COVID is what started leading me down the path to become more of a Republican and also just very skeptical of what I hear in the news. Because I would say at this point in the news in the U.S., I think it's about 80-20. I think about 80% of the news coverage you'll find throughout the U.S. and the different channels you can find is left-leaning, democratic, liberal, as we call it, news. Maybe 20%, mainly Fox, <laughs> is, is more right-wing, Republican-leaning. Um, and I really just don't like the left's stance or just their attitude towards almost anything. But anyway, um, but, but really, like, you, can, you can feel it now in the U.S., okay? You come to any inner city. Like, I live in Minneapolis. I'm an, anom- an-, an anomaly because we're one of the most like, progressive, left-wing cities in this country. Okay. And you can go to Minneapolis now, right now where we're at, since we don't have like a quote unquote hot variant, (laughs) um, we don't have like a new variant. The case load is case numbers are not that high. We haven't been seeing a lot of people wear masks for a while now, which I'm very happy about obviously, but I still guarantee I have a different perspective on COVID than most people around here. Okay. Like early 2022, like one year ago, there were vaccine mandates to get into restaurants. There were mask mandates everywhere. I was supposed to wear a mask out in the hallway of this apartment complex that I live in, okay? And like everywhere. And I was getting very upset about it at the time. And, but you, you could feel the difference between here and the rural areas. I could drive 20 minutes to the town where my parents live. It's not even a town. It's a suburb. It's a fairly large city. And nobody's wearing masks. There are no restrictions. Why? Because it's a slightly more Republican area, okay? In the urban centers, which are mostly Democratic, well, in a lot of the major cities in the U.S., in the urban centers, in the blue areas of the United States, the Democratic, liberal-leaning areas, you don't notice the difference that much anymore just because there's not masks on everybody's faces right now. But throughout the whole pandemic, it's been... Every Like all the blue areas are extreme prevention measures and all the red areas are just like, yeah, we don't care, whatever, let's move on with life. You can feel the difference, literally. You can feel the difference and you can see the difference in the interactions and the way you talk to people. And it's crazy. It's crazy because it has nothing to do with science and everything to do with politics and media coverage and the story we're being told, okay? If you take nothing from this, because all these stats you know, could be true, could be not true. My opinion is not that worthwhile. The conspiracy theorists, some of them could be real, some of them could be not real, but like, it's, it's so much about politics, media coverage, and the story we're told and the information we receive. You can go, like I said, around the US and feel the difference, and all it has to do with is the story that we've been told and the information we've been received, not about science or the virus itself. Anyway, um, so, you know, that's where we're at in the U.S. I also really just, I didn't like, well, the media, we knew the media was going to blow it out of proportion. That's what they have to do to get ratings. Um, But I didn't like how particularly I thought left-wing media was shutting people down and canceling people, not just from speaking, like, on the main media shows, but, like, on all platforms, Twitter, heck, Instagram, Spotify, I mean, everywhere. People, you know, people with a lot of information, doctors, doctors, getting canceled if they went against the mainstream narrative on COVID. And whether or not you you agree with these people, like I think they should be allowed to speak. This is, this is huge for, I mean, freedom of speech in the US. Like this is, <laughs> um, this is like what we're built on, you know. Um, and the funny thing is like a lot of times these people that were getting shut down were bringing like really solid arguments. Maybe they could have been wrong sometimes, but like they were they were bringing like detailed arguments. This is not just people talking out of their ass. Anyway, so there's that. Now, okay, let's just let's go into vaccines. So like vaccines versus other treatments: ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, remdesivir, monoclonal antibodies, Paxlovid, or whatever Pfizer calls their antiviral thing. Um, I, like I'm still of the opinion that. The vaccine was the only treatment pushed, and there was a lot of a financial incentive for that. Now, we know that it became politicized in the U.S. because Trump started pushing, you know, hydroxychloroquine. Well, we had Joe Rogan talking about ivermectin, which then the the left-wing media, you know, came out and they jaundiced his face all yellow to look like him, make him look like the ogre from Shrek. And they said it was horse dewormer when it is actually a... Medication that's used a ton in humans for a couple different things. I can't remember what, but anyway, essentially these other types of treatments, monoclonal antibodies like. I heard really good things about monoclonal antibodies throughout 2021, and that was kind of my plan. Like in 2021, if I ever got COVID, I just, or if I had a loved one get COVID, I was going to be like, all right, these are the places you can go to get monoclonal antibodies. Okay, you get a one-hour, uh, you know, monola- monoclonal antibody IV drip of. What was it like citrovimab? I can't even remember. Like I nerded out on this for a while. Um, but the point is, is that it seemed to me the entire time that even though some of these other treatments showed promise in helping, uh, well, maybe prevent, but then also reduce symptoms of COVID after someone had COVID, it seemed like at least here in the u s they were mainly shut down by the media, and the whole thing was, Nope, the vaccine is the solution. The vaccine is the solution, which obviously at this point we know that like it 's not like the solution because it hasn 't solved the whole problem, um, but anyway, there was also a lack of emphasis on health there was um, uh, just i mean we all know that comorbidities, just you know obesity in general, being unhealthy in general heck low vitamin D levels, which I talk about in tons of other episodes. There was like there was not an emphasis from the mainstream media and the quote unquote powers that be on how to be healthy and how to reduce your symptoms if you are to get COVID and how to reduce your chances of hospitalization or death. It was kind of just okay, you know, mask up, social distance, and wait for the vaccine. And you know that's that's still my opinion. And um, yeah. And then, you know, there was obviously a lot that happened, especially here in the U.S., about people who uh, refused to take the vaccine and then ended up losing their job for it, which is a very real thing. Now, vaccine, you know, deaths, vaccine injuries, um, you know, there's this thing that I talked about called the VAERS report, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, and I took a deep dive into this in 2021, heck, this was after I had gotten the vaccine, but, um, essentially it's a reporting system where people make their own reports it's like a part of the cdc the center for disease control but people make their own reports about whether or not or like if they had any sort of a vaccine injury well i shouldn't say they make their own reports because most of these actually come from nurses and doctors who are working with patients but it's like it's not like an official system if that makes sense but anyway to make a long story short like when you dive into the VARE's report it's like holy shit um with I don't remember the statistics that much off the top of my head, and I haven't dug deep into the Bears report in like a year. I haven't, okay? Um, but, like, I, I dove into it, I'm like, man, there is a lot out there. There are a lot of COVID vaccine side effects and deaths that are not being reported. Um, you know, is, is that to say that, you know, no one should get the vaccine? Well, no. I mean, I, I like I said, I think... I think it probably did help some people, you know, particularly older populations, people with comorbidities, reduce their chances of hospitalization and death. But there, there definitely was a risk to it. You know, people will talk about myocarditis, particularly in young boys, in athletes. Um, you know, who even knows? You know, was more myocarditis caused by COVID itself or by the vaccine? Like, we don't know. The stats get get wonky, and it's hard to figure out. But like, all all that to say is that there definitely have been a lot of different uh, vaccine side effects and deaths. Like, let's not sugarcoat it. I can't remember off the top of my head the stats, but, like, it was a lot. Like, to the point where, depending on your age range, I think I had calculated at one point, like, if people are under 30, that the vaccine was actually, like, more likely to kill you than COVID. I can't remember, but, like... Um, yeah, it's 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 something like that. But now this is mainly just focused on the Pfizer and mRNA or the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, the mRNA ones here in the U.S. Uh, of course, we had the Johnson and Johnson, which was a different type of vaccine. Um, you know, I haven't even studied all the different global you know the types of vaccines. You have the mRNA versus the viral vector ones, um, and you know they have a different. I mean, what is it? Some of them target the spike protein. Some of them, it's like a different version of the virus. I can't remember, I'm not a, not enough of a science nerd to remember all this stuff. It's funny, because like the CDC, when I go on their website, it's like they don't even know about the other ones as well. I like look up like types of vaccines and, like, I get that, like, the CDC is just focused on the U.S., but all it shows is, like, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and then is there – is Novavax in the U.S.? I don't know, but I'm like, I'm like wait a minute. There's, like, dozens of COVID vaccines now with different brand names and different types, I'm pretty sure, depending on the country and part of the world. But the CDC is just like, nope, we don't even know those. Pfizer sitting there behind the screen just laughing like, yeah, wait till I get my money right. Oh, wait, we already did. No, sorry. This is totally not appropriate time for a Kanye West song line, but um, anyway, probably should have done more of a joke like that at the beginning, that way more people would have found this entertaining as opposed to just serious, Um, all right, well, I'm I'm, I'm almost done here, but so, like, just to, like, address some of the conspiracy theories and my thoughts on them, okay, first, there was, like, the 5G conspiracy, 5G causes COVID, 5G causes cancer, okay, I think this is a stupid one, I, I do think that 5G... Wi-Fi, cell, cell phone radiation in general is something to be concerned with and I don't, I'm not going to say, I'm definitely not going to say it causes COVID. Um, I'm not going to say directly it causes cancer but I do believe that long-term uh, too much exposure to Wi-Fi, and even Wi-Fi, 5G, 4G, 3G, LTE, everything can do damage to our cells if we, if we keep it too close to our body at all times and are just bathing in it all day long which is why I don't in general... I try as much as possible to not just keep my cell phone in my pocket all day long. You know, in the words of the the now debunked Liver King, don't put your phone next to your dick and balls. Because this this is very real. It's it's a joke. But I mean, like, there's a lot of evidence out there that shows that having a cell phone next to your private parts, you know, particularly for men, can do damage to the sperm and could cause birth defects in children later on. Long story short, like, there's still a lot that needs to be studied regarding uh, 5G, Wi Fi, and all these other technologies that we're using. These, these, you know low-level forms of uh, man-made emf or electromagnetic frequencies um i think it's a really stupid conspiracy theory to say 5g causes covid but with that being said there is something to be said about concerns with 5g okay so the bioweapon from china imported to the u.s. from the u like you don't even know what they're talking about on here when they say like this is all a bioweapon first they're like it came from the u.s. no but then it was like the u.s. did it they wanted it no china did it to the u.s. okay like maybe i would i like maybe this is a possibility that it was some sort of a bioweapon from china i still don't believe it i i nah i just i don't think so and that's just me Kind of guessing, but I don't think so. Then there's the hardcore David Icke, Alex Jones type. Did Alex Jones say this? I don't know. Um, David Icke for sure said this. Uh, he's a hardcore like British conspiracy theorist who I enjoy listening to for certain reasons, but I think he's way over the top a lot of times. And... Um, You know, he said that the COVID virus isn't real, that it doesn't exist. And like, you know, I was watching him on Brian Rose with London Real um, a couple times. They did like six episodes on this, to be honest, over time. And he just kept doubling down on his stance. But I mean, in his reasoning is saying like, you know, the coronavirus has never been isolated. The spike protein has never been isolated. And now I actually do have a friend who I know pretty well and trust basically say the same thing. That the virus has never been isolated, which, which that's even tricky. Like for a layperson like me to hear that, it's like, what do you, what do you even mean by that? Like they haven't isolated the spike protein in the lab. But like, okay, like if people want to like make arguments about that, then regardless of how nitty gritty you want to get with the science, it's like, all right, well, there was a virus out there that was killing people and it was like different than what we had seen. Like we know that. Okay. Uh, you know, it's probably, it's hard to say that it was a bad flu season for the last three years. Like, no, there was a new virus, okay? Whether this was actually a, you know, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a coronavirus based on everything we know about coronaviruses. Yeah, like, okay, the theories about COVID doesn't exist, just stupid in my opinion. All right, the Bill Gates microchip theory stuff, right? They're trying to, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna vaccinate you. They're going to put a microchip in you. That's what this mRNA vaccines are, okay? Then they're going to track you and everything. I mean, I also think that's stupid. I like to make a joke about it occasionally when I'm in a Republican safe area here in the U.S. (laughs) And we're like, oh, yeah, you get microchipped? Yep, I did too. But, um, I mean, like I said, I I regret at this point getting the vaccine because I don't really think it was useful. And I don't know. Like, okay, on Google it says, like, well, the mRNA gets out of your system shortly after this happens. And I'm like, "Eh, I don't know. Um, It it was just goofy to me. It's like, why did I have these weird-ass side effects? What did I just put into my body? And it... Doesn't really apparently help against COVID much, anyway. But I think the microchip idea is, is kind of stupid as well. I don't know, maybe. But the deep state stuff, the deeps—that's just a funny thing too. We hear people talking about the deep state all the time here in the U.S. You know, um, the combination of you know—is it the CIA? Is it the Illuminati? That's the word I was looking for earlier. The Illuminati. You know, uh, who is this deep state? And like this is you know, like fucking QAnon. I'm sorry for the swear word, but like QAnon stuff. You know, like oh yeah, the deep. Deep state against Trump, whatever. Um, I don't know. Anthony Fauci's is part of the deep state, like some people essentially would say that this is a, a well that it kind of started as like a plot to overthrow Trump. Um, which I don't know. I think the deep state thing is kind of a stupid theory as well. I mean, I'm not. I'm not like totally to the idea that there is some sort of like a deep state like these actors that pull the strings like these powerful people we haven't even heard of and then like you know maybe bill gates and anthony fauci and mark zuckerberg and jeff bezos are like one rung underneath them then there's elon musk in all this and he has a very interesting role in everything which i'm not even going to get into but like i'm not totally against the idea that there is like a deep state out there but once again i don't think that they're that like that this is all that coordinated, if that does exist. Now, and then the other one is like, this is it's kind of the same thing. It's like, was this a plot by Big Pharma? Well, okay, a plot is a strong way to say it, but I do think that Big Pharma, you know, meaning the major pharmaceutical companies, Pfizer in this case being the main one, took big advantage of this. Um, and that's kind of like what I want to end with, is just to say that like, um, my, well, my stance on COVID is that the reaction to it was overblown. We should not, in my opinion, have restricted life as much as we did, and it was there was a lot of fear mongering that was done. I don't think it was all just like some plot or some cons- you know conspiracy, whatever. Like, I-, I think the virus was very real. I think it was. I think it was not intentional. I think it probably happened from the lab based on what I know, but I, I-, I just don't think. And then afterwards, I think the response was not the best to it. But I just don't think that this was some, like, major plot. I just think it's something that happened. And then people be like, well, Bill Gates was talking about this in his TED Talk, like, six years before. <laughs> I did, like, you can pick and choose stuff like that uh, about, like, any topic and be like, well, see, this plus this equals this. So now I'm right, and it's a conspiracy theory. Like, hold on, not necessarily. Like I said, I don't think this was some big plot. I think this is something that happened, and then powerful people in a lot of areas took advantage of it, and then the response was not the best to help humanity overall. But we are where we are, and that's another key key thing to keep in mind. We are where we are. You know, it's not the end of the world. It was not the end of the world. It's never, like, that black and white. Like, we you know, we have a tendency to to like think in terms of that, like as human beings, I I feel like it's just like a, it's a flaw that we all have. And this is getting real psychological, philosophical here has nothing to do with COVID, but we're always thinking like, you know, what's the, oh, like, where do I want to be, you know, at this time, or like at this point in the future, but like, we're, we're always ever evolving. Like there really never is just like Someday never comes is a great quote. There's a song that I like called Someday Never Comes. Is it Creedence Clearwater Revival? And like, I, I like this thought because it's like you weren't, we are never as human beings going to reach this point where we're like, oh, now I have exactly what I wanted. Now is the point in life that I always wanted to be at, which is why now I just focus on, okay, I want to make today a little bit better than yesterday, tomorrow a little bit better than today. I'm not worried about this like someday. You know, this is a principle that I carry. In my personal development and quote unquote goal setting because i don't really like goals that much anymore okay goals i mean what we think we want now is going to be different than what we think we want in a year or two years etc we're always evolving and you know just to bring it back to this whole covid topic it's like people were like well what is this new world after the pandemic has changed us going to be like it's like, well, it's not that black and white. It's not like you just, you turn a page and all of a sudden it's this dark apocalyptic world. Like we're in the new world. We're in the, I don't know if you want to call it post COVID. I mean, the pandemic's kind of still going on, but like, um, depending on your point of view <laughs> and, with, and whether or not you're in a blue or a red state, but, um, but like we're in the new world, but it's ever evolving. If that makes sense. Life is always ever evolving as human beings. And that's something I learned. To, I've learned to love about life. We're always ever evolving. Um, Yeah. That was probably a weird way to end this, uh,